you make welcome to the platform this morning our friend, Brother Robbie Grubbs. Thank you, my friend. God bless you, buddy. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus this morning. Amen. Hallelujah. Have any young people excited about Jesus this morning? Do I have any older people excited about Jesus this morning? Come on, if you're excited about Jesus, somebody shout hallelujah. If you're excited about Jesus, shout praise the Lord. If you're excited about Jesus, give your neighbor a high five. Say, come on, Jesus. Come on, Jesus. So good to be here um, this morning. I have some great friends with me. I have my younger brother, Chucky. I have a friend. His name is Jake and Jacoby. Many of you know them. They're from over in Germantown. Can we give them a great hand clap of appreciation for being with us this morning? It's always an honor to be here. I thank God for um, just, uh, just the impact this church is not just making here, but around the world. And to hear your pastor's heart, Pastor Jade was talking about um, the young lady last night. And you know, there's many people that would have just rolled back over and went to sleep and not cared. But thank God that we have people in Connorsville. We have a church in Connorsville that says it doesn't matter if we get lack of sleep. It doesn't matter if we don't get sleep at all. But we're, but we're here to help people. Amen. And can I tell you, it's a big deal for every person that came to the house of the Lord this morning. Amen. It is a big deal, young people, that you are here. It, it is a big deal for every older person, middle-aged person. God is happy that you're here, and we are happy that you're here. Can we give everybody that's here a great hand clap? First-time visitor, home folk, whether you're from a different church, we honor you this morning, and we honor the Lord most of all. Um, uh, man, I feel like I had this word on my heart, and uh, we're going to turn to the book of Revelation, the revelation of Jesus Christ. We had a great time last night. Um, we preached on plague stoppers, I believe. There's some young people that really got a hold of deliverance and became a deliverer last night. Amen. If you missed that, you missed a great move of God. We're so thankful for the word that Austin gave. Amen. You know, you can turn on any news source. I don't care if it's conservative news, liberal news, and if you watch it long enough, you'll get depressed. Because you'll feel like nothing good is going on in our world today. But did you know that there is a world, there are people around the world that are experiencing revival, amen? And if we step into what God has for us in this day and hour, that we can experience that same revival as well. And that's what I'm looking for this morning. The book of Revelation, we're going to go chapter 1. Excuse my voice, I know you hear it raspy up here. Um, I've been preaching a lot, but it's not really the preaching, but I've got a kind of a head cold, amen. So uh, you just say a prayer for my voice as I try to minister this word through the help of the Holy Spirit this morning. Revelation chapter 1, let's all stand for the reading of the word of God. We honored Jade and Sierra. We got to stay in their basement la uh, last night. I had the best night's sleep I've ever had. My, I, I did. I put my headphones on. I put a box fan sound in my headphone, and I was out. They were talking, but I was slumped, so that was great. I feel great this morning. But can we give your youth pastors a great hand clap of appreciation? We honor them. We honor Pastor Russell, and we thank God for the leadership of this church. Uh, let's go to chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. The Bible says this. In chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, it says, John says this, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet. 
saying, I am Alpha and Omega, the first and the last. And what thou seest, write in a book, and send it unto the seven churches which are in Asia, unto Ephesus, unto Smyrna, unto Pergamus, unto Thyatira, unto Sardis, unto Philadelphia, and unto Laodicea. And I turned to see the voice that spoke with me, and being turned, I saw seven golden candlesticks. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, seven golden candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks was like unto the Son of Man. Somebody say Jesus one more time. Jesus was standing there, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girt about the paps with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. And his feet likened to fine brass, as if, as if they burned in a furnace, and his voice as the sound of many waters. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead, and he laid his right hand upon me, saying unto me, Fear not, for I am the first and the last, I am he that liveth and was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore, amen, and have the keys of hell and death. Come on, let's give God's word a great hand clap of what Jesus did. He said, I rose, I have the keys of hell and death. And he said, write these things which thou hast seen, and the things which are, and the things which shall be hereafter. And the mystery of the seven stars which thou hast sawest in my right hand and the seven golden candlesticks, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven candlesticks which thou sawest are the seven churches. I want to preach on this subject here this morning, the imperfect church. The imperfect church. Father, we thank you. God, for this generation, we thank you for the young and the old. We thank you for this youth conference, Lord, that we've had. We thank you for the move of God, for the deliverances, for the breakthroughs. God, for what you've done. God, thank you, Lord. God, I see a flame in many of these young people. God, I see, God, I see a start to a move of God. God, I see a start to revival, Lord. And God, I pray that the young and the old would worship together this morning, that they would seek your face together, Lord, because we know it's not just in this young generation, but if we can bridge the generational gap with your glory, then the fire of God will fall in this day and hour in a mighty way that we've never seen. So God, come and do what we could never do. Speak a word that we could never speak. God, we know that we are imperfect people. We know that we are an, an imperfect generation. We know that we are an imperfect church. But God, through our imperfections, manifest your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. As you're seated, give Jesus one more great hand clap of praise in the house. The imperfect church. The imperfect church. You know, the Spirit-filled church was birthed on the day of Pentecost. The Bible says this in Acts chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. It says, And when they were come in, they went up into an upper room, where abode both Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, and Judas, the brother of James. The Bible says these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. Then listen to this verse, verse 15. 
And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. And the number of names together that were in the upper room were about 120 people. Somebody look at your neighbor and say there were 120 people in the upper room. And then we get to Acts chapter 2, okay? And the Bible says when these 120 people were in the upper room, the Bible says this in Acts chapter 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Is anybody thankful for the Holy Spirit in this church this morning? Come on, is anybody thankful for the wind of God, the breath of God, the power of God? So think about, think about the people that were in this upper room. You had 120 Jewish believers. They had just witnessed Jesus ascend into heaven. They were not, they were very unsure. They were not aware of what was going to happen. And they were trying to figure out what they were going to do without Jesus. Jesus was very vague as to what was going to happen in this upper room. The Bible says he ascended his last thing. He said, go tarry in Jerusalem until ye be filled with power. They had no clue that a rushing mighty wind was going to come through. They had no clue that cloven tongues of fire was going to sit upon them. They had no clue that they were going to be walking around, as the people would say, as drunk men. They had no clue. They were were just obeying the command of God. You know, there's power when we just obey. They didn't know that they were going to be in the upper room for 10 days. They had no clue. All these different things. Think about these people, 120 Jewish believers. Uh, one of those people had to be Peter. Peter. Peter was a fisherman that denied Jesus not one time, not two times, but three times. Denying Jesus one time is bad enough. Think about denying him three times. I mean, he struck out three, three, uh, three strikes are out, right? Baseball players, amen. He struck out, but he was still in this upper room. You think about Thomas. Thomas, the man that doubted the resurrection of Jesus. Thomas walked with, Thomas walked with God. Thomas walked with Jesus for three years. But, but when he died and when he got up, he didn't even believe that Jesus was resurrected. He had doubts in his mind. Peter denied him. Thomas was a doubter, but Thomas was still in that upper room. We had Matthew. The Bible says he was a tax collector for the Roman government. Who did the Jewish people hate? They hated the Romans. They were their suppressors. They were their uh, persecutors, right? But in so so Matthew was a good old Jewish boy. But guess what? He was he was collaborating with the enemy. I mean, here's some messed up people in this upper room. And then Simon, the Bible says, was a zealot with radicalized political theology. Simon, more than serving Jesus. Simon, Simon, more than trying to listen closely to what he was trying to say, he was, he was just concerned with political revolution. I mean, if you, if you picked out these 120 from all of Israel, these would be the last 120 that you would ever pick. They were a group of imperfect people. Somebody say amen. But it was among these imperfect people that God chose to move. 
It was among these imperfect people that God chose to make the new temple of the Holy Spirit. It was among people like you and I that God chose to reveal his power through. Did you know that God does not expect perfection out of any, any, any one of us in this room? God knows that you are flesh and blood. God knows that you struggle. God knows that you may not have been raised like this. God knows that this may be all different than you. God knows that you don't know every Bible story. God knows that you don't know the ins and out of everything in his kingdom, but all is God. All God was looking for on that day of Pentecost was 120 people that would say, God, we believe your word over what, what, what the world says. And God, if we have to tarry in an upper room for 10 days, it doesn't matter the doubts we have. It doesn't matter the imperfections we have. God was just looking for somebody to obey him I wonder if there's a generation of young people I wonder if there's a church right here in Connersville Indiana that says we know we don't have it all together we know we come from different backgrounds but God use us for your glory in this day and hour somebody give him a great hand clap I'll never forget, I was 16 years old when God saved me, when he baptized me in the Holy Spirit, and he called me to preach the gospel. And I can remember coming home from camp, and I walked into my pastor's office and told him that I was called to preach. And my pastor said, well, you're preaching next month. I'm like, is this how this works? I just tell you that I'm called to preach, and you put me on the schedule? Listen, I'd been raised in church for a long time. I, you know, I, I mean, I went to Sunday school, but I did not have great Bible knowledge. I did not have the best preacher's voice. My dad was not a pastor. And literally, my pastor is looking at me now saying, well, if you feel the call to preach, you're going to preach next month. I was like, well, okay, I guess I'm preaching next month. And I got up that uh, that next month, and I got up to preach the gospel. And listen, I was a nervous wreck. My stomach hurt. My knees were shaking. Amen. I was the most imperfect person. I love to tell people this. I'm about the most ordinary person you could ever meet in your life. Amen. I'm from the deep, dark hills of eastern Kentucky. My dad lives back in the holler. We only get four hours of sunlight every single day. My favorite meal is chocolate gravy and biscuits. Amen. Listen, I'm about as ordinary as you can get. I'm nobody special. I'm not the best communicator. Amen. Listen, I, I don't have the best voice. I have a great uh, uh, southern twain. Amen. There's, there's many things about me that's just a normal. But God loves to use ordinary people. God loves to take a group of 120 young Jewish people amen and use them for their glory. Don't discredit yourself because you feel like you have not arrived yet. Don't discredit God from using your I don't care if you got saved the last couple days. I don't care if you just got filled with the Holy Ghost. God can use you today to lay hands on the sick and they be healed. God can use you today to preach the gospel. He doesn't make you wait three years go through Bible school and get a degree to be used of God all he asks is you lift up your hands and say Lord if I have your spirit I have everything that I need God has never looked for perfection he has always looked for a desperate vessel that is willing to radically obey him now, I want you to look at these scripture with me this morning because the Bible says that John sees Jesus. Note, John is literally exiled on an island. 
John is a prisoner. John is hungry. John has nobody around him. But the Bible says on the Lord's day, on a Sunday, amen, he begins to get in the spirit. John sees Jesus, but notice where Jesus is. He is in the midst of the candlesticks, the Bible says. The Bible says that John begins to pray. He's on his knees. And before he sees Jesus, he hears Jesus. You may say, well, Robbie, I'm not seeing Jesus this morning. Can I tell you through the word of God, you're hearing him. And if you will turn to him, then you will see him in a way you've never saw him before. And the Bible says that John hears that voice as the sound of many waters. And John responds to the word of God. And he looks back and Jesus, he's seeing this vision of where Jesus is. And the Bible says he sees these candlesticks. Now, one version puts verse 13 this way. It says, and Jesus walking among the, la- the, the uh, lampstands, I saw someone like the Son of Man wearing a full-length robe with a golden sash over his chest. Now, the candlesticks, the Bible says, was a representation of the seven churches that John would write the letters to. They were real locations, but they also represented seven is a sign of completion, right? Seven days. It, it, it means uh, it's symbolic to something being complete. So when we see these seven churches, we see a picture of the complete body of Christ. Each church had a list of good things and bad things that they were doing. Now listen to me right here. The first church that he talks about was the church of Ephesus. Somebody look at your neighbor and say Ephesus. Ephesus. The Bible says the good things. Jesus tells them the good things that they were doing. You have good works. You have good labors. You have good patience. You hate wickedness. You confront liars. You confront false prophets. You do not give up. And you hate the deeds of the Nicolaitans. But he says, this I have against you. Did you know that Jesus can have things against you? Oh, God. We don't want to hear that. But he had things. There were good things about the church, and there were bad things about the church. Can I tell you there's good things about our generation, and there's bad things about our generation. Amen. There's good things about our church world today, but there's bad things about our church world today. So he says, okay, Ephesus, these are the things you do good, but this is the bad things. You have lost your first love, and you have lost your first works. And then he says, it's not just you, Ephesus. But it's Smyrna as well. He says, you're doing these good things, your works, you're enduring tribulation, you're living through poverty. Then he goes to, per, to Pergamus and he says, these are your good works. You, you do works. Where you live is a hard place to live, but you continue to live there. You uplift the name of Jesus. You don't deny your faith. But he said, Pergamus, the bad things that you're doing, you hold the doctrine the doctrine of Balaam, and you hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. He goes to Thyatira. He says, you have good works. You give. You love. You have service. You have faith. You have patience. These are the good things you're doing. But he said, you have some bad things. You're allowing the spirit of Jezebel to seduce people to fornicate and eat meats to idols, and they refuse to repent. So I'm not going to go through every one, but this is the picture that I'm trying to paint to you this morning. Every church had good things, but every church had bad things that they needed to work on. I'm talking about the imperfect church. I'm talking about an imperfect generation. 
I'm talking about we will never have it all completely together. If we had it all completely together, we would be in heaven around the throne of God with new bodies. I'm looking for that day, but we're not at that day yet. Almost every church had things that they were doing right and things that they were doing wrong. But did you know that there is no such thing as a perfect church? There is no such thing as a perfect generation. Hallelujah. You can look at these churches in Revelation. You can look at the church in the letters to the Corinthians. They were things, there, there were things they did right, but there were things they did wrong. You look at the Corinthian church, they are some messed up, jacked up people. I mean, I mean, they're sleeping around. They're, I mean, they're committing fornication. They're, they're, there's temple prostitution going on, but there's still but God's still using them in some facets and the whole point of the Corinthian letter is to say hey you're doing this right but you've got to change some stuff as well as anybody in this house but this is the key Jesus was still walking among them Jesus was not excusing their mistakes or sins but he was trying to take them from glory to glory from faith to faith can you imagine what, what John is seeing? He, he, he sees the churches. He sees the good and the bad. But Jesus isn't on the outside of these candlesticks. He's not just looking at these candlesticks from a distance. But he's moving in and out of these candlesticks. That should be reassuring to us today, young people. That should be reassuring to us today, saints of God. Because though they had their issues, Jesus did not leave them. Jesus was saying, I know, I know you've got some things right. I know you've got some things wrong. I know I know you have your imperfections. I know you have your gifts and talents. I know there's things that you got to work on. But if you will stay with me, I will stay with you. If you will hold to my unchanging hand, then I will hold to your unchanging hand. That's good news for us. Because we are imperfect in many ways. But God is longing to take us from glory to glory, from faith to faith. John was seeing a picture of what physically happened in the Old Testament temple. The Bible says the high priest would walk amongst the candlesticks that were in the tabernacle and keep them filled with fresh oil so they would not go out. Jesus is trying to walk among us, the oil of the Holy Spirit, making sure our flame does not go out. Did you know this literally happened in the Old Testament? The high priest, I talked about Aaron yesterday, and what Aaron would do, one of his priestly duties, he would have a bottle of oil, and he would go to these lampstands, and he would make sure the fire would not go out, and he would pour that oil in so that so that flame would burn would burn hotter and greater and bigger amen and now John is seeing Jesus is the great high priest amen Jesus is the one taking care of us as the candlesticks taking care of us as a generation and did you know Jesus has the oil of the Holy Spirit this morning and if your flame is running low and you feel like God can't use you and you feel like you're full of imperfections and you feel like you're going through all these bad Jesus is still I, I, I listen I just feel impressed of in my spirit here this morning Jesus has not left you 
Jesus does not leave you every time you mess up. Now listen, if you, I believe in backsliding. I believe if you turn back to habitual sin, then you walk away from God. I believe that with all my heart. But one sin does not completely separate you from the love and the grace and the power of God. Amen. There's somebody in this room. There's a young person in this room. There's an older person in this room. You feel like you've been ridden off. But God is saying, I'm still walking among you. I'm still walking up and down the aisles I still got oil to put on the inside of you I'm thankful I'm thankful that God uses me in my imperfections God knows I'm imperfect up here right now I feel like I've, I feel like I have about a third of my voice right now but God uses our imperfection amen I'm glad at 16 years old that I do not that that that, that I did not have the degrees that I have today I did not have the education that I have today but God still used me the same amen God didn't say you had to do X Y and Z to be used of God he says I know you're imperfect but in your imperfect let me fill you with the oil of God with the power of God with the power of the Holy Ghost and though you struggle and though you mess up I will use you for my glory amen throughout history God has always brought revival through imperfect vessels imperfect people imperfect movements imperfect methods you look at Azusa Street it was imperfect you look at Cambridge, it was imperfect. You look at the holiness movement, the holiness movement, it was imperfect. You look at the Pentecostal movement, it was imperfect. You look at the charismatic movement, it was imperfect. There are all Im imperfect. There were things that they had right. There were th other things that they had wrong. Amen. Can I, let me, let me just encourage the church for a second. PTC ministries, you don't have to wait until you have it all together for God to move. This church doesn't have to have it all together. You don't have to have the best sound. You don't have to have the best singers. You don't have to have the best program. You don't have to have the best offering. You don't have to have the biggest building. You don't have to have the fullest sanctuary. No, you will, there, there will always be imperfections. There will always be inefficiencies. There will always be deficiencies in this church. But if there will be somebody that stands up and say, God, I know we'll always have these things that we struggle with. But even in our perfections you can use us for your glory amen it doesn't take building a new building to see revival it doesn't take bringing somebody in to play the right beat on the piano for revival it doesn't take having a bigger youth group it doesn't take having a bigger Sunday school program it takes somebody that will stand up in their heart and say God you haven't left us and you want to pour your glory out in our midst Regardless of the numbers, regardless of the sound, regardless of the staff, God is not waiting for the perfect time. God is waiting for the desperate time. Oh, you didn't hear me. He is not waiting for the perfect time. He is waiting for a desperate people that says we see our families die. We see a world that's broken. And God, you've given us the power of God to reach them for the glory of the gospel do you know the fastest growing church in the world right now it's in the nation of Iran yes Iran one of the strongest Muslim countries 
the world. How in the world is the church growing in Iran? They get their heads chopped off. They, they, they are, it's, it's, it's illegal to be a Christian. But there have been Muslim women who have gotten a hold of Jesus. And they have created an underground church. And they're going from house to house witnessing to other women about the gospel. And now there's thousands of women in Iran who are building churches, amen, who are building ministry, who are seeing their family saved, who are seeing miracle signs and wonders. How is that possible? Why? Listen, the gospel cannot be stopped. The gospel will always do what it's meant to do. God is just looking for a people that say, we're not perfect, we're imperfect, but this is a desperate time. And we... If God can move in Iran, how much more can he set this church ablaze with the glory of God? Listen, we should wave, wave our flag of freedom. But how about we act and utilize the freedoms that we have? Hallelujah. How about you act like we live in the United States of America? How about we start knocking on doors again? How about a generation that would say, we understand that God has put us in the greatest land in the entire world. And we will exercise this freedom for the glory of God. If revival can come to Iran, it can sure as well come to Connersville, Indiana. Amen. One of my favorite verses in the, in the entire Bible, forgot which uh, letter, letter that it's in, but Paul writes to the church that is in Caesar's household. That's crazy. You mean there's a church in Caesar's palace? Yeah, that, yeah that's the same person that wants to kill them. That's the same person that's putting people on crosses and burning them and lighting them on fire. You mean to tell me that there was even a church there? Yes, amen. Listen, Christians are like a bunch of cockroaches. You can cut their heads off, but they can survive 30 days without water. They'll still run around, amen. I wish that you would get a cockroach anointing here today and say, I don't care if the enemy tries to cut my head off. I don't care if he comes against my family. I don't care if we're all imperfect. I don't care if we're, 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 uh, we're a bunch of country boys and a bunch of country girls in the middle of a cornfield in Indiana God if you can do it in Iran God if you can do it in Caesar's household I just felt a wind in this house hallelujah I just felt the Holy Ghost flow through this house you don't need anything else you just gotta use in your desperation the power of God that is already on the inside of you oh you may be imperfect but the Lord still is walking among you oh hallelujah Acts chapter 2 Peter stands up in the midst of the crowd and he says this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh your sons and your daughters shall prophesy your young men shall see visions your old men shall dream dreams and on my servants and on my handmaids I will pour out of those days of my spirit and they shall prophesy. I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood, fire, vapor of smoke. 
The sun shall be turned into darkness, the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. As long as it's the last days, there's an opportunity for a global awakening. You want to know what what I love about these scriptures? And I feel like the Lord just so vividly put this in my mind. You know, we talk about Joel chapter 2 a lot. We talk about Acts chapter 2 a lot. But But what is Joel painting a picture of? When Peter stands up and he repeats the prophecy of Joel, what, what, is, what is he trying to emphasize? He says, the Holy Spirit will be poured out on your sons and daughters. Somebody uh, look at your neighbor and say sons and daughters. Sons and daughters. But he just doesn't stop with sons and daughters. He says, your handmaidens, your servants. What is he... He, he is painting a picture of the family. Sons and daughters are a part of the family. In those days, handmaidens and servants were a part of your family. They were all from the family structure. You want to know how a move of God is going to come in these last days? By starting in your family. The Holy Spirit wants to move amongst these sons and daughters right here, but it's not just the sons and daughters. What he's trying to say is, how about you let the Holy Ghost get poured out on your entire... What if a family would grab their sons and daughters who have been lit on fire the past couple of days and say, we want that same thing as a house in our house as well. Amen. Hallelujah. God is not saying until they are perfect. He is declaring until they prophesy. He says, in the last days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and they will prophesy. He didn't say the Holy Spirit would come and make us perfect. Jesus said, yes, be ye perfect as I am perfect. Amen. We strive for perfection. We strive to grow. Amen. But, but listen, you will never reach that plateau on this earth. But if you will embrace, what does the Bible say? In your weakness, he is made strong. A weak person is supposed to be an imperfect person. A weak church It's supposed to be an imperfect, but in our weakness, he is made strong. You know why God wants, why God works through our imperfections, why God works through our weakness? It's so we can't get the glory, but only God can get the glory. God knows if I say anything up here that's remotely good, it is not me. It is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. I say some stupid stuff sometimes. That is not God. That is me. But through my imperfection... Through my weakness, amen. Oh, friend, God wants to break some mindsets in a generation this morning. God wants to break some mindsets in a church this morning. It's not, God is not looking for anything else other than a desperate heart. He's looking for somebody that says, God, in my imperfection, I may, I may be one of those 120 that have no clue what they're doing in an upper room, but God, I'm going to 
give my heart. I'm going to give my... Our family may not have been raised in this. We may be new to Pentecost. We may be new to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. But God, if you can pour out the Holy Spirit in Iran, if you can do it in Caesar's household, Jesus has not left us this morning. But rather, he is walking among us, saying, will you let me take you a little deeper? Will you let me take you a little further? If they want to come back to the music this morning, let's all stand in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. Come on, I want you to lift up your hands and just close your eyes. Come on, if you're able, I really want you to do that for me, young and old. I want you to close those eyes, lift up your hands. And I want you just to begin to give God everything. God just doesn't ask for your good this morning. He asks for your bad. He just doesn't ask for your gifts. He asks for your imperfections. Come on, come on. I want you to lift those hands and just tell God, some of y'all need to repent and say, God, I'm sorry that I thought I had to reach a plateau. I'm sorry that I thought I had to get a degree. I'm sorry that, that, that I've complained. Well, when we build something else, well, when I read more of the Bible, no, God just says, give me your heart. Give me your hands. Give me your feet. Give me your mouth. Give me your voice. Come on, come on, lift up those hands and say, God, use me in my imperfection. God, use me in my imperfection. God, I'm not going to wait till heaven to give you glory. God, I'm not going to wait till heaven, God, to, 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 to serve you with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. But God, in my imperfections, even on this earth, Oh, come on, somebody press in for a second. Come on, about 60 seconds. Keep those hands lifted. Come on, there's some saints of God that you have refused to let God use you in these last days because you thought that you, no, let Him use your imperfection. God, my weakness, my bad. God, my good. God, take it all for your glory. Take it all for your glory. Take it all for your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, take it all, Lord. God, take our good spots. Take our bad spots. Take our strength. Take our weakness this morning. God, take the young. God, take the old. God, put us together. God, until we prophesy, there is more to step into this morning. Oh, we give you glory, God. We give you glory, God. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody just let the Holy Ghost move on you for a second. Come on, come on. Go ahead, go ahead. Just let the Holy Ghost move on your imperfection. Just let the Holy Ghost move on your weakness. Let the Holy Ghost remind you, remind you who you are. Let Him, let Him, let Him remind you the power that lives on the inside of you. Let Him remind you the glory that is on the inside, the fire that is on the inside. Oh, come on, you have the God of all. Let Him move, let Him move on you. Let Him move on you. Oh, thank you, Holy Ghost. Oh, come on, Jesus is walking up and down the aisles of this church. He's walking up and down the rows of your chairs with oil saying, lift up your hands and let me pour it in. Let me pour it in your wound. Let me pour it in your imperfection. 
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, please. If you say, Brother Robbie, I want fresh oil this morning. I want God to move on my imperfection. I don't, I don't need to be perfect. I don't need to have anything else together. I'm just desperate for the glory. I'm just desperate for revival. I'm just desperate for God to pour His oil out on us as a youth group, as a church for revival. If that's your heart, if you're hungry for that move of God, I want you to lift up your hand right now. That's me. That's me. Let Jesus walk amongst me. Hallelujah. And pour that oil in on the count of three. If you just raise your hand, I want you to come to this altar. I want us to contend. I want you to let Jesus pour that oil in. I want the power. You let the Holy Ghost move. You let the Holy Ghost move on your imperfection and watch as he brings revival to you. One, two, three, move right now. Move right now. If you raise your hand. If you're hungry, if you're hungry for revival, if you're a revival seeker, come on, if you want oil, if you want oil to be poured on you this morning, come Come on, if you've made excuses, if you've made excuses of when they get better music, when we grow a little bit bigger, oh, when we do it this way, or, no, come on, shake off those things. Go ahead and embrace your imperfection. Oh, go ahead and get down on your knees and say, God, I'll never have it all together. But in my deficiency, God, you're going to use us for your glory. Go ahead, worship team. Go ahead, worship team. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Hey everybody, Pastor Ron, I pray that today's message and program has been just a great blessing to you. And I just, uh, I'm so thankful that we had the privilege to come into your home today or wherever you may be watching. I would encourage you to uh, continue to follow us. We're on all of the major social media platforms. Uh, we have podcasts that you can follow us with. I would encourage you to reach out to us and let us know. Our information's on the screen. And uh, if we've been a blessing to you, please contact us. Let us know. And we look forward to sharing the word of the Lord with you again uh, next time. God bless you. We'll see you soon.